Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. The most important place to start with any strategy or tactic you're going to implement, you got to start with your people. I think a lot of time in accounting and finance and FP&A, a lot of CFOs, VP of finance, they want to start with the bells and whistle technology. They want to start, they want to go with a fancy car, right? Like everybody thinks that technology and Power BI, Tableau, whatever, fill in the blank or whatever technology is going to solve all their problems. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's Strength in the Numbers. Now, you've just heard from this week's guest mentor, Chris Ortega, and what a great way to start this episode when mentioning the importance of people before implementing any strategy. And the great thing about having Chris, who's a well-known global finance influencer on the show, is that Chris shares advice not just to help us develop better corporate finance cultures, but also shares with us building blocks as finance and FP&A professionals that have emerged during this pandemic that we can all start taking steps on to build our influence and impact within our organizations. Also, it was really cool on this episode talking with Chris about one of his sporting passions that he developed during his finance career and one where strategy can trump physical prowess. And actually also we go into how it might have helped his finance career develop too. And in a surprising way, and it really shows the importance of having some outside interests as well, not just within finance, but outside too. And finally, towards the end of the episode, we start sharing ideas around how we can best connect with our people, our teams, our stakeholders, and also better connect with other areas of the business. So this episode is littered full of practical advice that would help you become more influential and more impactful in your work as finance and accounting professionals. And if you do want to learn more about Chris, you can find ways to connect, timestamp show notes, key quotes, and more at sitnshow.com. And as always, we really appreciate when you share these episodes with colleagues and friends. We're on all the major platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify. So I hope you enjoy this one. Now that's enough for me. So without further ado, over to Chris and the show. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, look, it's our pleasure to have you, and it's really great to get you on. Some of our audience might recognize you, uh, some of you may not, but like one thing we can say, you're a prolific blogger, thinker, thought leader in finance, not just uh, domestically in the US, but internationally. And it's a shame with the whole pandemic, we've not got to see you more. But uh, for some of our audience who may be not as familiar, would you mind me giving yourself a, a brief introduction? So my name is Chris Ortega. I'm based here in Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm director of finance for the largest independent marketing software company in the world, Amarsis. Uh, we're a multinational marketing software company that help uh, our customers deliver results in uh, days and not months. And I lead all of the accounting and finance for our Americas region, which is Canada, the United States, and South America. Uh, a little fun fact about me, I used to be an amateur boxer. So uh, I used to fought competitively for three or four years. And one thing I've learned in business is that there'll be nothing more challenging that I'll ever face than taking a body shot in the golden gloves and not pooping myself. So for me, <laughs> uh, you know, I love to be able to provide my insights, knowledge, and just shared experience and failures that I've had along the way in accounting and finance and FP&A just to help others achieve greatness. So 
Um, I'm excited to be on the podcast. I'm excited to share my thoughts and insights and excited to give that perspective to others. And hopefully it may help them during the challenging and difficult times they're facing now. Look, what a great introduction, Chris. And by the way, I, I actually did not know. I'm a bit mortified. I didn't know about the boxing side of things. So so like how long were you yeah. doing that? And were you doing that as you were, you know, with your career in finance or, or was it before? Or how, how did you manage all of that? Yeah, so I was doing boxing while I was uh, actually transitioning jobs. So I've been at Amarsis for a little under four years, uh, but it feels like eight because a high growth entrepreneur technology companies move very fast. But yeah, I was working, I was working full time. And for me, I'm always the kind of person that likes to challenge myself. And uh, I reached a plateau in fitness and I picked up some boxing gloves. And for me, if, if I'm something I'm passionate about, I go all in on it. So I went from like training on my own for a couple of months and then I got a boxing coach and I really immersed myself into boxing and boxing so much like life, right? It's so much about, you know, you're in there, you're, you're fighting. It's uh, so much more about strategy than it is like physical prowess or talent. And for me, like, I love the, the strategy, the mental aspect of boxing as well as the physical aspect of it. So uh, I fought, uh, you know, here in the United States and the amateurs, I didn't go professional just because that wasn't a goal of mine. But for me, it was really about challenging myself uh, mentally, physically, and all those different levels. And I tell you what, man, there's nothing like being in the trenches of uh, flight or fight response and fighting someone and just the, the skills and everything you learn about yourself, right? Like that is one place you're completely naked. You're going to learn what kind of person, what kind of professional, what kind of man you are uh, in the ring. And for me, I think it's been so important and I haven't fought competitively in probably about two years. Uh, but one thing that has transitioned to me has been so important to give back to my community. So uh, I still train, I still coach, I still work with our local team here in Indianapolis, Indiana, where I work with inner city kids and it just teach them oh, the, right. the sport of boxing, teach them about it. I work with them, train them, help uh, spar with them. And uh, for me, I think it's, uh, that was a, a really important aspect of my life. And for me, it, it brought so many transferable skills that I've been able to apply here in business. I'm so glad you said that, Chris, because again, some of our listeners and also previous guest mentors on the show have, you know, sort of like with work commitments have found it hard to compete at the higher levels in their sports. So what they've done is they've gone into coaching and you're not the first person to say this. It's actually helped them so much in their professional career you know like trying to crawl a, a, and motivate a group of kids or help them understand what motivates themselves and bring the best out of them and help them reach their best is great training for bringing it into the workplace environment if you can deal with teenagers <laughs> and young kids yeah. uh, and lead them yeah. it's how easy it is in yeah, the corporate yeah. world right <laughs> you know but, but, but um, it teaches but, you a lot of it teaches you a lot of patience patience I, it's so funny like that was that was my my main development area was patience and it's great what the coaching seriously the coaching the kids is just the best but i always sort of said this i love the training courses now because when i when i was taught to these things so like my background being rugby i was told how to do things it was very directive and authoritative mm -hmm. it's actually very like my my introduction to accounting actually as a, as a, on a training contract i was being told what to do no one really explained to me why, you know. Yeah. So then when it comes to like you having soccer or rugby, when you pass the ball, you know, rather than tell people how to pass the ball, all our body mechanics are slightly different. If you if you teach some of the key factors, uh, particularly a kid at a young age, so, okay, so what's involved in a good pass? What does a good pass look like? Those sort of questions come into a business and say, okay, what does a good set of results in your business look like? You know, what does a good P&L look like? What are the main drivers? You're getting to the key factors, right? 
and you're not telling people how to Definitely. run a business or just like you're not telling how to pass the ball or even say throw a punch from a boxing perspective. It's amazing right. how that can help us in our work. I mean, you know, you sort of any sort of funny stories 100%. from your coaching outside of work to, that you've brought in to your own work. Yeah, I think uh, I've had a lot of humbling experience in boxing. So I originally, you know, I got started in boxing a lot later in life. And Mm. I'll never forget one sparring experience where I was getting ready to train for the Golden Gloves, which is the largest amateur boxing tournament here in the United States. Every state has their own Golden Gloves and you get a Golden Gloves champion and you go fight nationally. It's the biggest tournament. One of my preparing is I was moving into a higher division. So I was moving from kind of a junior open division to a more higher level uh, competition. So for me, it was a step up and I'm a lot older in boxing. And I went to a local gym here and uh, I got the privilege to spar a kid that was 15 years old. Right. And I'm, du- I'm double his age. I won't age myself, wow. but yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, double yeah. his age. <laughs> I tell you what, this kid kicked my ass. <laughs> like it's, so this funny. is a 15 year old kid. And it, wow. but the thing about it was he's been boxing since he was six years old. So you've got, he's got 10 years of all this experience and, all this knowledge, all these, all these experiences that he's had, and none of my, none of my man strength, none of me physically, any of that. Yeah. Uh, and what it was, what it humbled me on was that just because you have some of, the, and, and what translated to business with me is like just because you're someone that has, you know, you've got this great mindset, but experiences count, and having been in those trenches and continue to perfect your craft and continue to learn. It was such a humbling thing for me to walk in there and be, you know, this finance leader and get into boxing to have that homie. And the kid, you know, told me mm-hmm. afterwards and I sat there listening to him. Right. This is a kid half my age and I'm taking in his wisdom and his knowledge and his skill set so to help yeah. get my game better. And I think that's a that's so much more important in business nowadays, because I think like a lot of the, the generational gaps that we're seeing with millennials and baby boomers and things like that. Is like you can you have the opportunity to learn from everybody. It doesn't care if you're you know you're the CFO of a company or if you're the custodian or the executive assistant. It really opened my eyes that no matter what stage you are in life, there's opportunity to learn from everybody. And it was very humbling to me to have that opportunity to to learn from this kid that's been boxing and he really helped me get my game up. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. he helped me get better to go compete at a higher level in a sport where you're getting your ass kicked. Right. Yeah. Uh, so for me, I think that story. was, that was something that was, was definitely humbling to me, man. And I've had countless of those experiences <laughs> while I've been boxing that has translated over into my professional life as well. That's a great story, Chris. And you know what? I hope, I hope it encourages our younger listeners to go and sort of say, you do have value to offer to those of us that are a bit older, have been sure. around a bit longer. There actually are areas we don't know as well as maybe someone a bit younger. I was just thinking about, about our team. You know, we've got a couple of uh, software developers in our team, app developers, amazing stuff. They teach me so much new stuff about this new technology. It just blows my mind. And, and actually the big data world, how yep. they can consolidate so much data and bring it to life for us, just, just unreal. But not quite half yep. my age yet, but like, you know, it's, it's impressive. There's at least 15 <laughs> years gap there. So it's like, wow. I mean, For like, sure. you know, if only I, knew I had those skills, I'm not even going to bother trying to learn those skills. I'm just going to learn how to make the best of them and, and, and our school, uh, you know, as a team together. So, no, thanks, thanks for sharing that, yeah. uh, Chris. And, and I suppose, look, no problem. You know, we're sort of one eye on the future and whatever. I know you write about uh, this, but you've sort of seen a number of different building blocks 
about about the future that are important to us that are emerging trend wise mind maybe going into some of those for us yeah i think for me like during the the pandemic and you know business wise for there's been four things that i've seen kind of emerge during this time i think the uh, you know the first one is the agility of finance right i think accounting and finance and fpna professionals have had to be agile right if you you know, we're used to doing a monthly forecast. I, I know during the peak of the pandemic, I was doing a daily update. I was so connected with our leaders and the agility to be able to make decisions. I think the second building block that has been coming across is this empowerment versus directive driven culture, right? I think um, you see a lot of organizations that had to go remote overnight. Like they were seats and bodies nine to five and having to go to a completely different remote environment. And I think that has changed a lot of people's management style, right? A lot of managers have been, I need to have my people there because I need to direct them versus giving them the flexibility and freedom to go make decisions, to go do things. And that empowerment kind of culture has been a change. I think the third one as well has just been the, the remote experience itself and the aptitude that that's allowed people to open up to different skill sets, open up to different perspectives, open up to different knowledges that, you know, are super important nowadays, right? Not just accounting and finance related, but, you know, having the opportunity to go tap into an entire network of people all across the world, right? I mean, hence what we're doing right now, right? Like being able to do that. This is massive. This is a massive opportunity. I don't don't think we're capitalizing enough on it, you know? Definitely, completely agree, Chris. For sure, for sure. And I think the fourth one is just being able to leverage technology during this time, right? I think a lot of people have, you know, had to accelerate the technology adoption and that learning curve, right? These four trends and themes, I think, have been important before the pandemic, but I think those four have been accelerated. They've been amplified, particularly in accounting and finance and FP&A, right? Like, we're usually the laggers when it comes to adoption. We're usually in directive-driven cultures, right? We're usually not, not the most agile. We're kind of set in our process ways. So, I think for us, it's been able to accelerate those things and teams that come out of this pandemic, that organizations, teams, leaders that are going to be hugely successful are understanding like these are not just micro things that are happening right now. These are things that are going to cascade for the foreseeable future and your ability to be able to implement them, your ability to be able to introduce them and your ability to be able to integrate these in your culture are going to be vital assets in the future. So for me, those have been the kind of four bubbling uh trending themes that i've seen uh around accounting and finance and fpna during this time i know this because we've probably got some listeners who are sitting there nodding their heads saying yeah i completely agree with what chris is saying yeah we're doing good we're sort of on our journey whatever and then i know we've got other listeners who are like where do i start like you know like you you just kept me up a bit at night worrying about you know all these trends um you know where do people start chris i mean there's four building blocks i, I think they're really great where, where do people start the most important place to start with any strategy or tactic you're going to implement, you got to start with your people. I think a lot of time in accounting and finance and FP&A, a lot of CFOs, VP of finance, they want to start with the bells and whistle technology. <laughs> yeah, they want to oh, start, yeah, yeah, they want to go with the fancy car, right? Like everybody thinks that technology and Power BI, Tableau, whatever, fill in the blank or whatever technology is going to solve all their problems. But I think the critical flaw is Gone are the days of throwing people to solve problems nowadays, right? But you've got to start with your people. You've got to start with that talent, right? You've got to look at your people and say, all right, like, to me, it's always been looked at uh, what, what is the value proposition in your organization of your accounting and finance FP&A team, right? Are you guys the scorekeepers? 
Are you guys the advisors? Are you guys, you know, the, the valued integrators in the business, right? And I think you got to start with your people around that. The technology is not going to fix that value proposition. So to me, any leader listening out there, if you're saying, Chris, how do I get down the road of really accelerating these themes and really, you know, in, integrating these themes in our culture, start with your people, start with the conversation, start with the, the skill gap analysis, where your skills at now, where you need to get to start with reshaping the value proposition that you have with your executive leadership team, right? One, one question I challenge every listener that's going to listen to this, ask your senior leaders, what is the value that accounting finance and FP&A brings to this organization? What you want your leaders to say is there's not a business decision that I don't make that I don't consult inform and work with my accounting finance FP&A team. That's Holy girl. That's where you want to be, right? If the answer to that question is, Hey, you guys provide us the numbers. Uh, that's not a very value add value proposition that you want to have. So for me to really incorporate those four themes and change this narrative, start a hundred percent with your people, start with your yeah. people, then move to your processes and then let technology be like that last toll gate after you've developed and implemented strategies and tactics around the people and process side. You've got to start at the foundation of the house before you get fancy and start having it uh, be uh, what you want it to be. So for me, all the listeners, that'll be some of the tactics that I would start. People and processes yeah. and then move to technology. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I like that. I think actually, you know, just thinking it through, because we're, we're very much buy into this uh, community concept of finance and accounting and FP&A, like we're one big community. I think I think it actually starts and ends with people and then it goes back to people again, you know, and the process and tech piece are sort of in between because even if you are doing well on these sort of key trends, these uh, say four building blocks or, or whatever, Chris, you know, um, we also got to be mindful that our people like particularly in these times with all the virtual working and the, the pandemics and the, you know, the lack of maybe personal contact between people that we used to be, you know, we got to be mindful of with all the agility, minimizing the risk of burnout or overload and things like that. And, and also with a technology coming and that's quite frightening for a lot of people, you know, there's sort Definitely. of any things maybe like, I know we're not psychologists here, but there are any sort of things that, you know, you sort of see or maybe do yourself or with your teams that, you know, sort of takes the edge off, keeps people in a good frame of mind that this is a journey, you know, and it's a continuous journey and that they need to be able to, to go along for the ride. Yeah, I think some things that I've implemented on the people side is uh, definitely connecting with your teams and not just your direct teams, right? I think this is where accounting and finance and FP&A leaders get a little too comfortable, right? They just say, all right, if I'm going to connect with, with anybody, I'm just going to connect with my team, yeah. right? Yeah. One yeah. thing that I've challenged myself on is connect with other areas of the business, right? And I just ask one simple question to anybody that I talk to externally, internally, my friends, my family. I ask them, how are you emotionally, physically, and mentally? Because everybody's facing a different challenge and adversity across those three different levels, right? I myself have my house. You know, I don't have any kids. I don't have a lot of the challenges that a lot of parents and, and people are facing right now. But I think like that ability to be able to connect authentically and just ask, like, how are you emotionally? How are you physically? How are you mentally doing? And just having that pulse with different people. I don't just don't ask my direct team that question. I ask people from marketing, client success, and I find ways to connect with people. I think another thing that I've introduced is sometimes I just have with my team, I just, you know, I order them lunch and we sit on a Zoom and just have lunch together. I order them lunch, I get lunch delivered to them, and we just sit and talk. We just 
it's not an agenda. It's not like we have direct bullet points we want to cover, but we just talk, right? We just have that connection. You know, I think another piece is, uh, you know, we have a, a local Slack channel that we utilize here for our entire office. I make it fun, man. Like I go in there and I post funny jokes. I, you know, I send memes out to the organization. I get people to try to guess my middle name or what my boxing record was or just to kind of make it fun, man. And I think like having those various touch points with not only indirect, but direct people is so important nowadays. You have to be intentional about it, right? You can't make it feel like one of these mandatory things. It's like, get on this call because we got to have time to connect. I think a lot of organizations have overdone that. They've made it every day where they want to talk to their people every day. And I, and I, I think that gets back to that empowerment versus directive-driven culture, right? I don't have to talk to my team every single day to know where they're at with things. I've given them, they know their responsibilities. They know what they need to do. They know how important high performance and partnership is in our organization. I give them freedom to deliver on those, on those commitments. As long as you're doing that, that's all I care about. Right. So I think for me, that's, that's something I challenge those listeners, those VPs of finance, those CFOs, like find ways to not only connect with your direct team, but your indirect team make it fun and genuinely care about the emotional, physical, and mental well-being of everybody that you talk around with. Because at the end of the day, that's what we have the most ability to be able to influence. The results are going to be the results. You're going to have to drive those. But really making the conscious effort to touch and to tune with people, so vital nowadays. I think you put the keyword. It's actually to care. I think people wonder where do I start and with all of this, or whatever. But if you care, you will find the right way to connect. And it's going to be different for different groups of people, and the frequency and cadence and all that will be different. And for some of our listeners, thinking that's great, Chris. You know, like you're doing all these things. That'd be really hard for me to do. You know, maybe you're the only one doing it. You're not. I know of loads of instances of people doing similar things. And I actually love the example of you ordering lunch for them as well. I think that's a really cool angle as well because um a lot of people like I, I know what they might go, get together for lunch at the same time but it's just nice something nice to do so as you care whatever so chris really great advice thanks 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 for sharing such great advice you know as we always ask on the episode you know you've been sharing great advice what's been the best bit of advice you've ever received i think the biggest advice i've ever received and it's been a milestone in my career is i remember working at a software company and i was just moving into Uh, leadership and started managing people. I moved away from being an individual contributor and really stepped into managing people. And one of the the two biggest advices I ever got, the first one is always seek failure. Now that may sound counterintuitive. Some of the listeners, some people out there may be like, whoa, what are you talking about? But the thing about that I've been shared as advice and I share to other people, there's really only two options you have in life. You're either going to win or you're going to learn. You only fail if you don't learn, right? Or you only lose if you don't learn. So for me, I've always looked at failure as an opportunity to either win or continue to challenge myself and grow from it. So seek out those opportunities inside of your professional life, your personal life, put yourself in failure, right? To me, like that's, I wake up every day looking to fail. I wake up every day looking to put myself in an opportunity to fail because I know I'm either going to win or learn. I'm going to continue to grow as a person. And I think the second biggest advice and knowledge set that I got for those new leaders, you may be coming into a new role or you've been a leader for a couple of years is seek first to understand, then be understood. I think one of the most downplayed and least value 
attribute that a lot of great leaders have is they listen. They sit back and listen. I can't tell you how many times I've sat on calls with people or conversations and I just sit back and listen to people. I listen to them. I try to understand. I ask those, you know, those, those probing questions to get a little deeper or I stop because it's a little too deep for them. But you have to seek understanding. And I think in a world today where we're so much about reaction and everybody has an answer to every question, right? Everybody needs to take the time to just sit back and listen to people. Take that time. And yeah, you may want to jump in and have this insights. But to me, I think those two pieces of advice have been monumental in guiding my career. Seeking failure on a daily basis and putting myself in opportunities to fail. And also seeking first to understand, then to be understood. I think from a leadership perspective and just just even outside of business, right? On a human perspective, oh, human right? Human level, yeah. On a, on a basic human to human person le- personal level, right? When you talk about fostering those relationships, I think those are two things that are just so important uh, to, to building the human element in, in business. And to me, it's so important now to put people above profit. So I think from an advice perspective, those are two golden nuggets that I've got in my career that have been transformative for me. Yeah, no, thanks for that, Chris. And yeah, I'm delighted you threw that second one in there as well. It's one of my favorites as well. Just, it's so funny, like when, when, when someone said that to me, they said, you know, there's this bit of advice. And I said, oh, where'd you get it from? This particular book, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And I was sort of, oh, so I read it and the penny just dropped. It's just like, it's so easy. And think about it. The world's going to be more digital, whatever we like, right? But people are still going to be there. So one way to remain human and being the best at our profession is actually to listen to other people whether it's stakeholders, it's our peers, it's our side of work, you know, that's how we're going to keep connections going. So no, really great bit of advice. 100%. And and I suppose, Chris, in terms of resources, are there any that you sort of turn to quite regularly or any books you'd recommend our audience go check out? Yeah, so, you know, I'm a big audiobook guy. And uh, for me, uh, one book that I've been kind of reading is, you know, it's, I've been reading The 48 Laws of Power, right? I I love Ah. that book. And The reason why I love that book is it gives a lot of application from a historical aspect of implementing as well as like not doing it right. So for me, I think there's so much ability to be able to learn through failure, right? And to look at the the historical pieces of it. And a lot of those laws are so applicable. So for me, uh, I've been listening to the audio book. It's a big audio book to get through. Um, But for me, man... (laughs) <laughs> it's a huge one like it's a, you got to commit to that for a month to get yeah, through that you, book yeah, on an audio book yeah. I, I, I would have to commute the daily commute now for work you know it's like oh my god like, <laughs> yeah. you'll really have to commit <laughs> it's not it's not yeah, an easy one but, but it's, it's well worth it though because there's so many different stories right definitely you know definitely definitely and so much context and so much just application of it and for me, man, I love I love the stuff that the Harvard uh, Business Journal puts out. I love reading that. I'm not really a book person. I'm more of like I love reading articles, quick bursts of information. So uh, for me, I read a lot about you know the economic developments that are going on, not just here in the U.S. but globally, the health uh, things, AI and machine learning, technology. I'm kind of a person like literally every day I try to at least spend an hour to two hours just reading and not reading things about my profession, right? I'm not reading things about budgeting and planning and scenario forecasting. I'm reading other things that are outside of my knowledge. Chad. I'm reading about healthcare. I'm reading about, you know, Bitcoin and, and, and that kind of currency. I'm reading about AI machine learning in different industries and aspects. So 
um, you know, my challenge to those listeners out there is find that time, take that time, 45 minutes, hour of your day, and find time to read things that are outside of your profession. You'd be surprised how it just builds your overall knowledge set and being able to, you know, look at different perspectives and in industries, right? Uh, so for me, that that would be my advice. That's the book I'm going through right now. It'll take me another month to get done with it. Uh, but those are some resources that I I look at on a daily basis in terms of building my knowledge set. Yeah, yeah. Once you want that, I recommend the mastery one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's equally as long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Robert Green is great, man. He's got some great oh, stuff to put out there, man. I love, I love his stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. No, so yeah, so definitely check out to our audience. Check out Robert Green. And actually, when you said about those articles, you know, I know you've written quite a few on FP&A trends as well. So if the audience are yep. quick burst, that's a, one of my favorite websites or for blogs as well. So. So recommend our audience mm-hmm. check that out. And I, I suppose, Chris, if our audience wish to continue the conversation, where's the best place to connect with you at? Yeah, so if you want to connect with me, all my publications that you just mentioned, I write a lot of thought leadership and content out there. Those are all on my LinkedIn profile. You just go to Chris, Chris uh, C.E. Ortega slash MBA on uh, uh, LinkedIn. Feel free to connect with me. All of my publications, podcasts, all my content is out there. On all my social medias, I'm CEO underscore future one. So that's CEO underscore future uh, one on all my social medias. Follow me there on that. You get to see some of my boxing journey stuff. I got some of my fights posted out there. So, um, but yeah, feel free to connect me on all those avenues. I love understanding people's perspective. I love getting like that second view. I love even the international aspect. So for those listeners out there, they're in different countries that you know, you, you're curious about what's going on here in the U.S. from an economic, a social perspective, because believe you me, we got a lot of things going on here in the U.S. Feel free to reach with me. I'm always unbiased. I give my most authentic and honest perspective on those things. So I'm unfiltered and I'll give it to you raw. But yeah, feel free to connect with me. Feel free to look at my content. And uh, that's where uh, content and all my information is being posted out at. Hey, no, thanks for this. So, so Chris, we're going to do our best to put those uh, links to those resources in our show notes. A lot there, a lot there. But, uh, but no, seriously, I enjoyed our, our conversation, a bit of a sparring backwards and forwards, and it was great, you know. Yeah. Um, the time flew, you know, through all the rounds, we really flew. But I suppose for audience, you know, would you have any maybe parting thoughts before we wrap up? Definitely, man. I think like one piece that I want everybody, every listener, you, me, and this is a challenge I leave to everybody that I talk with, every conference, everything. The last piece is I want everybody to think intentionally on a daily basis about what is your answer to this question, right? When you look at this situation that we're all in, the adversity, the challenge, and the difficulties we're facing, what is going to be the legacy that you left during this time, right? So when you look back at what's happened three years from now, five years from now, six years from now, 10 years from now during this situation, what is going to be the echo of the legacy you left, right? What kind of leader were you? What kind of mom were you? What kind of dad? What kind of uncle? What kind of son? What kind of CFO? What kind of professional? What is going to be the legacy, right? And for every day, every conversation, every decision, you have an opportunity to shape that narrative. And for me, that is my hope that we all come out of this situation leaving a better legacy because that's so important because there's so much going on in the world right now that legacy left. This is one of the biggest opportunities of growth and learning and developing your skill sets that we'll ever face, right? 
So to me, all those listeners, everybody, what is the legacy you're going to leave three, six, eight years from now? And what are you doing on a daily basis to influence that legacy? That's my question that I want to leave with everybody uh, because I think it's so important for everybody to be consciously and intentionally thinking about their answers to that. And you have a daily basis to be able to change that narrative and influence it. I love that. What a great question to leave our audience with, Chris. So look, thank you so much for coming on the Strength in the Number show today. Appreciate you guys having me. Stay safe and well. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter, which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news, and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding, and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working, or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. When all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers.